Welcome back to episode season four. Again, once again, I forgot what the episode was, but uh, this week we're going to cover the topic of uh, Ukraine and Russia. Um, it's been quite hot on the news if you've been keeping your eye out. And maybe we'll go through some of the history of what's happened. Um, so basically, I guess we can start at the recent timeline. Um, and I'll Hi, go everyone. Through- Hi. Hi, Steve didn't bother to you know introduce me, but hi. So uh, yeah, Aaron's in here. If you haven't guessed, um, he's our special guest once again. Special guest, you know, I'm a fucking host, mate. Special, special. That's the key word. So we, <laughs> we keep it moving. We keep it moving. Um, so yeah, mate, maybe I'll just give you a short timeline, and maybe after each one, you give me your kind of like opinion or do you know what I mean? Pitch it yeah, whenever sure, you want. Sure. I mean, I know nothing about this topic, by the way, so I'm ah, here so to no learn more. right now. So do, do you remember the annexation of Crimea? So maybe I'll give yeah, you... Yeah, I kind of remember the overview of... Like, I remember it being in the news, but I can't... Even to this day, I don't actually know what it was about. Yeah, so basically it really started back in 2014. Um, in Ukraine, basically there was a revolution. And what it did is it sparked a lot of, like, instability, instability in, in the country. Um, and I believe the basically what happened is that many militias were forming in Ukraine for basic basic protection, um, and one of the militias were actually quite a Russian-based militia, which um, they were basically formed to as a protection, or the, as they claimed. Um, obviously, nefarious uh, sources, and you know, what I mean, there's been some information that it's not quite that, and it's. It's been um, started by the Russians, but we move on. Um, after a few riots, etc., the Russian army uh, basically move in with the help of uh, this militia to annex Crimea. Um, the thoughts are back then was that the reason they annexed Crimea is to basically get access to the Mediterranean, and um, because Ru- Russia is basically a landlocked country, essentially, apart from you know the Arctic seas they have, which are pretty useless and frozen over most of the year um and i do believe they have a quite important military base in crimea for which they can host naval ships so anyway that was that back then and that, that was that back then and yeah like i said you remember there was quite a big fuss about it fast forward to today well not today but in recent history so basically back in november um there was uh, a big warning from moscow itself uh, to NATO stating that you know they're taking quite aggressive actions near the border now what was happening there is that NATO was basically moving quite uh, quite a few troops around um, if you don't know about Russia's geography they're pretty much surrounded by NATO countries apart from uh, Belarus and Ukraine so they were quite worried that Ukraine was um, basically about to become the last you know what I mean the last spot for them to defend on I'll fast forward again, November 28th. So that's a month later. Uh, this was last year. Um, Ukraine says Russia is moving nearly 92,000 troops uh, offensive at the end of January. Um, Moscow denied this. We all know what happened there. <laughs> 7th of December, if you remember, Joe Biden threatens Putin with strong economic action with massive consequences. 28th of December, so it's starting to really ramp up. Moscow announces European security talks and um, uh, the Washington says that they'll respond decisively if Russia, Russia decides to invade. Uh, we fast forward a couple of weeks. In 14th of January, there was a huge cyber attack on Ukraine. Um, Kiev says it uncovered Russian clues that it was behind it. And so we come to today where Russia has basically built up a, a, quite a big uh, military presence in the surrounding countries in Belarus um, and it's quite a standstill in terms of you know are we going to go into a big war what's really happening there um, but Aaron I want to get your thoughts on this like do you think this is let, let, let's just get down nitty-gritty do you think this is real or do you think it's posturing I mean I'd like to think that it's posturing but that worryingly sounds like the start of a world war um it's it's giving world war basically i mean i Mm-mm. i feel like it has to be posturing because if it's not then we're all fucked 
And I don't know if right now it would be beneficial for anyone to start a world war. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen a bunch of proxy wars in the Middle East, whereby the two nations might not necessarily be directly fighting one another, but they fight within that one country. And, you know, they send their own militia or their own troops and they kind of try out their new military equipment. Was mm. that a build up to this, which is going to culminate into a world war? Or oh, is mm. this just posturing? I don't know, to be honest. But do you think the Russians have any right to do this? So for, for them on their side, they, they would argue that basically every surrounding country that Russia borders has a strong NATO presence and that Ukraine is the last, let's say, bastion for them where it's somewhat neutral. And, you know, they're worried that NATO would now take over. There's a, it's a, it's a regular occurrence. Cause when you think about it like this, like, for example, when you look at Iran, mm. it's completely surrounded by like thousands of American bases, mm. like literally where, you know, they're well within the reach of any kind of military weapon that America has. Should they decide to press a button, they could, they could basically wipe Iran off the face of the earth. And so when Iran then decides, okay, fine, we're going to start doing, you know, with nuclear testing, America goes, oh, well, look at them. They're trying to create a nuclear bomb and blah, blah, and this and that. But the reality is that it's a chain event of things. You surround Iran. Iran then has to try and defend itself because now it feels boxed in. And then mm. you point at them defending themselves and say, oh, well, they're the bad guys. Look, they, we told you they're going to attack us. It's a, I feel like this is kind of an almost a replica of what's happening with Russia, except Russia has the capability to really, you know, end us all, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like they're, we... they're a bigger fish, but it's a similar situation where they're surrounded by NATO countries and they feel mm. boxed in. And, you know, they have the capability to do some serious damage to the whole planet if they wanted. Mm-mm. I don't I mean, know both if the sides. Russian bear is the one you want to poke. Mm-mm. Putin, Putin. But I, I'm I, saying. I guess like in 2014, you know, that it happened actually, even though it's, uh, you know, it's a small area, it did technically get invaded and it was te- annexed by Russia, but nothing happened at that point. And I remember looking back, I, I really thought that, you know, some kind of military retaliation would ha- occur. And I don't know, do, do, did you find it weird that nothing happened at that point? Yeah, this is why I'm saying it has to be posturing because you got to think there was a reason why nuclear weapons came into play in the first place. Mm. It's the ultimate deterrent. So like Russia can do this, but ultimately it's how far does the Americans, the, the, you know, the Europeans, the United Kingdom, how far do they want to take it? Mm-hmm. Because if and- you start to meddle into what Russia's doing, mm-hmm. and let's say it does escalate into a war, let's say you don't, you do actually take action and it does escalate into a war. Whoever's about to lose will just blow up the other one with nuclear missiles. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. That's the whole point of the nuclear deterrent. So it's like, you know, you can you can say, oh, don't do it, don't do it. But realistically, you know, what are you going to do to stop me? Is that what Russia's relying on? That sentiment I, I of like, like, I'll I do like whatever. Sen- I think that's exactly what they were like. like have you heard that TikTok sound where it goes, are you going to die over some chickens? And then the guy goes, mm. well, someone is. It's like, are you really going to die over Ukraine? Mm, someone's mm, going to mm. die for this if you decide to start a war and Russia's saying it's not going to be me mm, mm. I feel you yeah, no, I, get, the, I, get what you I, mean. I genuinely feel like that's Russia's entire game plan it's like we're going to do this you can try to intervene if you want but if you actually like if we actually commit an act of war against us where it's not Russia it's like the Americans decide that we're going to send in troops then cool innit we'll see whose nuclear missile will do what it's long for everyone, isn't it? <laughs> it's long for everyone. I'm telling you, this is this like it, it has to just be po- that posturing that leads to nothing because the only other option is a world war that ends with nuclear disaster. I don't think Russia is posturing actually because they, they did team up with China recently and they released a joint statement saying that NATO's aggression needs to be stopped and they need to basically stop stop uh, saying that they're going to invade. For me, till right now, that's still posturing. Mm, mm, because they're saying look you've pushed us a little bit we've gone straight to china and we've decided yo we're best buds now mm. so they're giving it this is like their final thing they're saying look we're on the edge bro we got china on on our side as well we've got all the nuclear weapons in the world the nuclear deterrent is still there don't fuck with us mm. at this point you gotta think is joe biden senile enough 
to actually enter, you know, Ukraine? Or are, are, yeah. are the Europeans brazen enough to think that they can do anything to the Russians? I don't think so. I, I, to be honest, I really don't think they care about Ukraine like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is what I'm saying. Are you willing to die over Ukraine is the question. And I don't think yeah. they are. And like, no, if, it's... for example, the Russians had said, oh, we're going to jump into like France or something. No one, no one chat to us. No, no, that's Because like, that's like in the middle of Europe. You know, I feel like, yeah, the Europeans would be like, fuck it. No, we got to do something about this. But because this is in Eastern Europe and it's close mm. to Russia's border as well. And there is like a slightly justifiable reason as to why the Russians feel like they have to do what they're doing at the moment. Mm-mm. I feel like there's not enough ground for the, Amer- the Americans and the Europeans to convince their people that, yeah, going into war is a good idea. Mm, I got you. Well, like, I'm, Especially I'm, in the yeah. Second World War, there was a justifiable reason, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, But there isn't one in this. Like right now, of course, there's a justifiable reason if you're Ukrainian. Well, if it depends. If you're, if, you're Europe, if you're British... Actually, no, tell me more about that. Why did you say it depends? I'll tell you why it depends. Because a lot of the Ukrainian um, uh, population is actually Russian ethnic. Um, and basically, this cause, causes a kind of... They have quite a mix of uh, ethnicities in Ukraine. And it's caused a division in terms of the politics in the country. For example, a very well-known um, Ukrainian athlete in um, Usyk is actually pro-Russia. So... It's, it's not as clear on the ground as to what people prefer. Um, and so obviously this kind of gives more credence to the Russians to attempt the takeover. Um, so it, it's That's more complicated than we think. That. Yeah, it's because, more complicated. You know, it's funny, we always talk about like, oh, in, in uh, North Korea, they will believe whatever the media tells them. But like realistically, I genuinely thought no one in Russia, in Ukraine wanted the Russians there. I didn't even like yeah. know about the mixed ethnicities and that actually some people were pro pro Russia then. Yeah, yeah. Because it, the, the way it's been kind of like like I said, I don't know much about this situation, but the way I've seen it in the news in like passing has always been around the lines of the Russians are trying to invade Ukraine and the Ukrainians mm-hmm. don't want it and they want our help. And that's just kind of been the way that they've they've presented it really. Yeah, it's 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 a common talking point. And to be honest, like I've started like diversifying my news sources from RT, BBC, et cetera. And you see all of the standpoints. I mean, what we also kind of religion plays into effect in this as well, because in Ukraine, the two biggest, um, I believe like religious authorities is the Ukrainian uh, Orthodox church and the Russian Orthodox church. And there's a quite a big split on that as well. So Ukraine has always been that country though, in the middle of Europe, which, um, especially during the era of the Ottomans, you know, they always switch sides. At some point they were Ottoman, at some point they were Russian, at some point they were European. And um, I think this is just a, you know, a replay of history where once again, it's the middle country, you know, the country that leads into, you know, Turkey and whatever, the country that leads into Russia and the Soviet, uh, what ex-Soviet bloc, and the country that leads into Europe as well. It's quite important if you think about it in that in that way. So, um, yeah, but yeah like geographically, they've been very unfortunate to be in the middle of all of these superpowers. Absolutely, they, they're very very unfortunate for the Ukrainians, um, just because mm. of where they are in the world. How worried are you about the whole China and Russia conversations? Though, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the RT website, and one of the biggest articles today is US issues Russia threat to China. Um, China should brace themselves for shockwaves from American sanctions on Russia if Moscow troops stage an incursion into Ukraine. Obviously, this is RT kind of fear-mongering a little bit, trying to paint them as a good guys. But I think this is the obvious split that's going to happen. Um, you know, the traditional friends, uh, you know, they've got historical connections as well in terms of communism. But in reality, I don't think anything's going to happen. The US is as reliant as China is on each other. Do you know what I mean? They can't afford for each other to go yeah, down. Yeah, they've got like a symbiotic relationship at this point. Exactly. One can't survive without the other. But you know what? That it's all very interesting because if you remember, we had the um the Silk Road. Oh yeah. The, what was it? Was it the Belt Belt? The Belt and Road uh, Initiative. Belt yeah. and Road Initiative, which we had Dr. Kobe, uh, Professor Kobayashi on from uh, SOAS University where we discussed the different trade routes that were being set up by mm. the Chinese to yes. lessen their kind of uh, need for anyone in the Western world, really, 
basically they were in essence building infrastructure to be able to transport goods kind of like the silk road back in back in you know olden times back in the days mate back in the days uh, and you know they, they 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 said we used to be a country and they're bringing it back mm. so i feel like with time china is trying to kind of their backup plan is the belt and road initiative mm. is to kind of uh, take away the the control that the Americans have within their region, and to to lessen their reliance on the American market. So it 100%. seems like they have a fallback plan, but it doesn't seem like America has a has too good a fallback plan. If that makes sense. Yeah, what I guess because America's fallback, Americans fallback is always let's start another war, go over there, mm. drain their resources, and keep going for another ten years before we need to do another big war. Yeah, it's the Rome, isn't it? Like that's what Rome was doing that's as well. What, yeah, that's that's li- literally that is the essence of imperialism, which is let's just go to another country that has resources we don't start a war, use their resources up. Ten years time, we'll start a war somewhere else. That yeah. isn't, in my opinion, a type of. Um, that's not a that's not a strategy that can last a hundred years, two hundred years. It has lasted so far, but I feel like they've got genuine competition in both mm. Russia and China now. And if those two powers come together and you've got this Belt and Road Initiative thing going on, like, you know, I, this could actually lead to something, maybe not today, maybe this whole chapter will be open and closed and no one will think much of it. But in the long term, now that those steps have been made, they're like to actually link the Russians and the Chinese together, which I think, as you said, was the next logical step anyway. I think everyone saw this coming because of the historic uh, connections that they've had, especially with communism, as you just said. I feel like in the long term, it's going to be very, very detrimental to the US and by extension to the UK. Mm. Oh, for because sure. Yeah, if that if that if that ship goes sinking, we go down with it. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Of, of course it is, but I, I think China has to build that. You know what you're talking about, the Belt and Road, and this is like their backup plan. China is building it, but I think the US already has it. Like the backup plan is already in action. You know, they have like. In hyper capitalism in every single country, um, globalist capitalism as well, where you, you know the, it really centers around American products. Like I feel like their B plan is already in action and it's been in action for a long time. Um, but I think what we're not looking at as well, there's an aspect of like cultural war, because of course we all know that it's really you know what the West represents is more democracy um, is a big belief uh, in which we know the Russian states and. Um, and they don't pretend to either. I mean, they have some form of a democracy, but they don't believe in the democracy which uh, is touted by the rest of Europe and the US. You know, it's a question of what will Ukrainians pick? Do you know what I mean? It kind of throws that in the air. If they do not end up picking democracy, is democracy all that important in the end? I mean, if it's well, not through I mean, war. Look, there's, a, there's an increase in sentiment that what they call democracy, the idea, and what democracy actually is within the Western world are two separate things. You know, you have two parties that are supposed to give you wildly different candidates, which are really not that different to one another at all. Mm. They tend to be upper class. They tend to be, you know, uh, privileged individuals who have some sort of media backing from a certain Mr. Murdoch. Uh, And, you know, it's the same groups of people that make the decision within the country. Your choice is almost an illusion is the general sentiment that is kind of sweeping through, especially younger people in in Western Europe. And so when you look at it like that, and you say, okay, there's this idea of democracy that doesn't necessarily work the way it should. Or we've got the Russian way of doing things where they don't actually sugarcoat it. They tell you, this is what we're doing. Mm. You know, you, you you have a choice to a point. Which one would we rather go for? And as you said, it's in, it will be interesting to see who the Ukrainians kind of end up vying with. Mm. Because, like, you know, it's, it, because everyone says we have a democracy. I'm sure Kim Jong-un says we have a democracy. You <laughs> know what I mean? Saddam said we had a democracy. Like, they, they don't, no one ever comes out and says, yo, I'm basically a dictator. Everyone always of says, course, bro. I'm the good guy. I've won the votes fair and square. I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you. So, you know, I feel like, even if the Americans come through with all of their propaganda movies and say like, oh yeah, democracy, yeah, fuck yeah, USA. I don't know if that's going to be enough to win the cultural war that you're mentioning. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very important, this this stuff. I can I, There's a different kind of different topic I want to go into a little bit based off of that, but you make your 
point that you were just yeah i'll, I'll make the point and then we can we can pivot but you know one of the most recent ones that we've seen is the taliban right taking over again and you know the fact that people weren't that willing to protect what 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 people thought was democracy over there which we all knew it was a puppet you know master um in the end if you look at the evidence like so much money was being funneled out of the government um that people didn't care whether it changed <laughs> like the country was uh, on the brink exactly. anyway so yeah interesting let's see how this plays out maybe we'll do um another episode to update or a se- segment update yeah no i mean i don't want to necessarily change the topic mm. completely because i think that's a very valid point that you brought up especially about like afghanistan and taliban where again you see the idea of democracy so americans come in they take all your resources the, those in power steal all of the funds you know those who living day-to-day lives they they don't really see the benefits of this so-called you know democracy and so when a random group comes in and says we're going to come in power the people at the bottom they just go you know what makes no fucking difference to my life exactly yeah and so it's the notion of like the cultural war thing i think we need to like really dive into this cultural war stuff maybe Mm. in in future episodes but like for example uh what tiktok does because if we're talking about social media platforms that's a big part of the cultural war as well like Mm. tiktok which is something that the reason why the Americans were so against it was because it's not created by Americans. Mm. It's created by the Chinese, right? Yeah. So TikTok, apparently in Western nations, what it does is it, it rewards the algorithm. The algorithm rewards, um, you know, people doing stupid dances, hypersexualized stuff, you know, stupid shit. So if you do stuff like that, you get a lot of likes, a lot of views. But the algorithm in China, it rewards people who are like, oh, I'm an engineering student and I've built this. You know, stuff that is, you know, stuff that is, are things that they want to see as yep. the government. They, yep. it, it pushes that, right? And this is part of the culture war. If on your side, bro. you're, yeah, if on your side, you're actively pushing and promoting stuff that I think most of us would agree is, is beneficial to especially young people, which is, I don't know, like um, engineering and the sciences and all of this, like you're really pushing interest in those topics to a younger generation while you're actively promoting the exact opposite on to your counterparts in the West. And that's part of the culture war. They, you know, they even limited the time that kids can, or people can use TikTok. Like there's a, there's literally a timer on the, on the app. So they, they yeah. know it, they know it's, it can be harmful as well. They're using it of as course, a tool. Of course. They're you know, using to benefit it as a tool. Country. Like we've always discussed technology and on this podcast, and we've talked about social media many times. Mm. Like, whether it be Facebook, whether it be TikTok, we've seen how it can affect, again, this so-called democracy. Like, Facebook, a guy started a company to rape women in his college class, and Mad. we've seen the fall of democracy as a result of it. Like, <laughs> you know, Facebook has swayed elections, right? TikTok is no different. TikTok is absolutely, it's literally the same thing. Sure, but- both bur- bursts of endorphins being funneled straight into your brain through this device in your hand that will push you towards doing one thing or the other. And it's a massive, the technology is going to play a massive role in what, what is the cultural war, which is the new, in my opinion, the new Cold War. Mm. It might not be an all-out war war, but there is, there is something going on here that we need to kind of be aware of, especially with young people who are growing yeah, up with nothing but phones in their hands for their whole lives. But it's, it's funny that they're very self-aware. I mean, they're, they're restricting it themselves when it's a product that they're, that they're obviously exporting with no restriction. Do you know what I mean? And no positive influence. And it really actually is more of a reflection on our society. The fact that we don't deem it important to have positive influence on people's minds. You see or... the, the, the Mark Zuckerberg thing? Mm. That was unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. So it literally started off with a guy wanting to rape girls in his class. And it led to what it is today. But China's seen that. They have the manual. They have the textbook for how it's worked and what's happened with it. Their one mm. is more... Their one is more planned. It's more calculated. Mm, TikTok mm. came to be for this exact purpose. Facebook mm. was some was like, you know, Frankenstein's monster. Like the guy created it. And next thing you know, it's just become something else. Yeah, no one saw it coming. No one saw it coming. TikTok is a, is a plan. You know, it's a planned idea executed well, uh, you know, and pushed around the globe. It's a bit like Hydra in the Marvel comics. Do you know what I mean? It's planned, <laughs> it's meticulous. It gets mm. in, you know, you cut one head off and two takes over. Whereas 
Facebook was literally this this guy who we're all pretty sure was on the spectrum has decided, oh yeah, I'm a computer scientist. I'm going to create this little app, and then that app has blown into something completely different. It wasn't planned. Mm. Maybe there was a space for it in the market, and you know that's why it blew up the way it did. Sure, but in and of itself, I don't think Facebook was planned in the way that TikTok was. I mean, it wasn't TikTok made. Used Facebook. Yeah, it wasn't made yeah. specifically to become what it was. Whereas TikTok looked at what Facebook was and said, okay, how can we emulate that to our advantage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's very true. Very different thing. It's quite interesting, yeah, technology and also media. Uh, there was a recent news article about um, the film with uh, Brad Pitt, uh, Fight Club, was it? Yes, yeah. Yes, in China. And basically what they did is they they changed the ending. So, you know, in the ending, it's kind of like depicts a chaotic uh, you know, ending where they win against the police or the system and yeah, the yeah. system breaks down or whatever. In the Chinese version, they got rid of all of that and basically they arrested the guy, they put him in a mental hospital or something to basically correct right. his correct his behavior and then he assimilated back into society as a normal human being. And what they, what they basically did is to paint the picture at the end that the good people are the government and like, this is how you should live your life. And Oh, wow. It's, it's insane. I mean, I've, I think after a huge backlash, they've um, basically re- retracted uh, that version. But it shows that I kind of admire that, Erin, because it shows they oh. care about people's mindset. Do you know what I mean? Over here, look, look, Erin, let's be honest, yeah? They'll manipulate you just to make money. Like, they don't care about your oh, mental health. Yeah, yeah. They don't care about nothing. They don't want you to be the best that you want to be. But in a sense, over there, they kind of want you to be a functioning human being. Albeit, of course, for the state, that's another topic. But like, at least yeah, as a I mean, fun- there's a functional different ways you can look at it, right? But mm-hmm. I absolutely hear what you're saying. Like over here, you know, for example, I can't remember who it was. There, there was a company which um, was supposed to be giving out like help to people who are suffering with mental health conditions. It was meant to be like an anonymous call line. Mm. But what they were doing was they were harvesting all that data and selling it to companies who would then target these people who have mental health issues to feed them products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that doesn't encapsulate exactly what is wrong with both capitalism and the way the West is run, I don't know what else would do, what else does. It's like, like yes, I don't agree with what the Chinese are doing where they just like putting random endings that they think is better for, yeah, to the yeah. movies. But at the same time, there is a uh, as you said, like a, they want to kind of control the damage that could potentially be done and, you know, kind of guide it in a different way. Of course, they're guiding it towards more like, oh, love the state, the state loves you. But, you know, there, there is a sort of attempt and an understanding that actually the media that we put out is going to heavily affect people. Um, and so, like you said, yeah, they try to kind of change it in a way. Look here, yeah, they'll turn you a complete degenerate. They'll turn you into a complete degenerate just for the dollar. I'm telling you, man. Like mental health does not matter to people here. And when I say people, I mean like big companies, etc. You know, they'll throw you under the gutter just to make a dollar where it's not necessarily the primary driver. The dollar itself or money isn't necessarily the primary driver for um, the Chinese government. Obviously, it's not necessarily a better thing as in their driver. But there's something in that which I think we can learn from and say, hey, you know what? We should care more about people's, you know, mental abilities in terms of you know the ability to to actually do something positive and to help encourage that and to stop encouraging things that actually encourage suicide <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah so absolutely, absolutely. It, it's interesting i think this is where and it, taking it back to like the culture war i think this is where you're going to see nations making a decision because they know the reality of this side do you know what i mean uh, and this could be a turning point where you know, that people can accept the lack of freedom for a potentially better life. It's always like that, isn't it? You know, it's, is the grass greener on the other side? And people I mean, like I, to I think can, that it's not attractive. Kind of, it's not, it's not too much of a segue. I guess it's still within the same realm of what mm-hmm. we're discussing. But Go on, go for it. Um, just to finish up, like, uh, I don't know if you've heard about the whole Joe Rogan stuff that's been going on recently. Mm, yes, yes. So again, we are like, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, sanctioning people and certain types of speech and certain type of movies and all of this. Basically, what's happened is Joe Rogan has a whole bunch of people on there every week or every day, I think. 
he's continually releasing podcasts with with figures that are kind of controversial, right? Mm. And he had this guy on, I guess he he this guy was kind of instrumental in developing mRNA vaccines. And they were talking about, you know, the COVID fluke jab and all of this, yada, yada. I don't really listen to Joe Rogan like that, if I'm being entirely honest with you. So I can't tell you exactly what the episode <clears throat> was about. But my understanding is there's a musician, I think his name is Neil Young on Spotify, who said, if you don't remove Joe Rogan's podcast, then you can just remove all of my music because Joe Rogan pushes misinformation. He's this, he's that, blah, blah. Uh, and Spotify has responded by saying basically, no, we don't think that's the right way to go about it. Obviously, why would they? Because Joe Rogan makes them a lot of money. Yeah, of course. And they've paid him a lot of money just to be able to license the, the podcast. They don't even own any of it. Just so they can have it spe- spe- specifically on their uh, platform, they've given him a couple hundred million, I believe. Yeah. So they obviously were like, well, okay, fine, we'll remove your music, but we're not removing uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. And then people have now dug up clips of Joe Rogan saying racial slurs and yeah, like the, the general um, kind of arc that you would expect in this sort of story is taking place right now. Mm. And, you know, over the years, a lot has been said about Joe Rogan and the type of, type of guests that he has on and what can be said and what can't be said. Like, what's your general thoughts on, on a podcast like his? And we're, make, we're making a podcast here. It's nowhere near as successful as his, obviously, but yeah, we yeah. have a podcast here. Uh, you know, as somebody with a podcast, what do you think about that? I think like to limits. So again, it comes back to limiting people's creative freedom. Um, and like, you might not agree with what people are saying. Just don't listen to it. Like, I don't understand why you would then go out your way to basically cancel someone. Like, for example, and you know what? You brought up the racism stuff, like the racial slurs he said. Hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure that today is a very different, because I followed his career. He's a very different person that, than he was let's say 20 years ago because um, mm. he started his career quite young and I don't necessarily believe that you should be that people should just cancel people like I believe his, for stuff. I believe his explanation for it was he didn't actually say the racial slur to a person but like you know for example where if you and I were discussing the n-word mm. he would say the n-word he right wouldn't, he wouldn't make that distinction he would just say it then I, I I don't agree with the people that cancelled him for that because that's just ridiculous. <laughs> this is my yeah, opinion. I mean, look, I'm not, like, not going to front. It's, like, yeah, like, it's not up to us to say whether or not him saying that is right or wrong. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we are black. We don't have that kind of... That is yeah, something yeah, that affects yeah. our life. So it's not necessarily about us saying whether that's right or wrong. I'm just kind of explaining but the situation. Can, but happening. let's put it in context, yeah. If he's talking about a topic, like factually, it, let, let's remove the word N-word. Let's say it was like... Uh, uh, a dirty word for Arabs, let's say. And he was talking about that in the context of that word itself. Or, you know what I mean? He's, he's not using the word necessarily. He's talking about it in a way where he's talking about the topic surrounding it. And so he's mentioned the word instead of, you know, kind of flying around the word. I don't get why people should be offended by that. Do you know what I mean? Okay, think it's... about it like this. Think about it like this. Let's say mm. tomorrow it was a Neil Young. Let's say it was... Actually, by the way, with the Neil Young guy, Apparently, he said some crazy homophobic shit back in the day as well. This is mm. a tweet that I just saw circling. So then it's kind of like, well, it's a bit hypocritical that you're doing all of this, but you yourself have a similar past. But whatever. Let's say tomorrow, a whole slew of musicians all came together and said, you know what, Spotify, remove our music if you're going to keep Joe Rogan on there. Mm. And it was it was big musicians. like It was like your Beyonce's, your Jay-Z's, these guys. And they said, remove our music if you're going to keep Joe Rogan on there. Spotify might actually turn around and be like, fuck it, we have to take Joe Rogan off because we're going to lose so much money. Yeah, yeah of course. On. Yeah. Do you think that sets a good precedent? Not at all, bro. That's that's horrible. Because this, then... this is this is the thing. I don't listen to Joe Rogan. Mm. I don't really care necessarily. I like I've listened to him maybe a few times and only when he's had a very specific guest on where I'm like, oh, I want to hear what that person has to say, which isn't often anyway. But I just think what is the, the like the precedent being set there is crazy. Because the thing is, the guy that he came on that was talking about the mRNA vaccines, from what I understand, he is like one of the leading experts in his field. Mm. So it's not like he's bringing on a crackpot and telling people that the guy isn't a crackpot. I mean, he's, he's telling the guy what the guy's actual credentials are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at what point do you say, oh, well, do listen to this guy or don't listen to this guy? I mean, the guy obviously knows what he's talking about. If he's got, like, Again, I don't know the ins and outs of the story. Maybe he is a lunatic. But from what I understand, the guy has the credentials to speak on a topic. Joe Rogan brings him on. They discuss the topic and off he goes. Just because you don't now agree with it. If you start saying, oh, 
you know, I view this as misinformation. I've removed my music or removed your work. What happens when you have someone who is speaking factual stuff, which, you know, might not appease, I don't know, X, Y, Z musician. And then that musician says, oh, actually take him off or I'll take off my music. What happens then? Like, no, what's no, no. the precedent being set here? Exactly. The, the thing is, like, I think people need to understand that human beings won't agree on everything. And I've definitely listened to some of Joe Rogan stuff where I'm like, I vehemently disagree. But then I, I don't go, oh, therefore cancel him completely and remove all his shows. Like, that, what right do you have to do that when someone's having a conversation about a topic? Do you know what I mean? You, if you want only your narrative, honestly, this is fascism. If you want only your narrative to be spoken and you will not allow any other narrative to be even discussed, you know, engaged in a conversation, that is ideological fascism. Fascism. Blah, blah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Fascism. Hey, so much. Can't even say it, bro. I can't even say it because the, the, you, what people don't understand is that you're filtering people's minds if you do that. People still want will express their opinion, and if you believe it's false or wrong, that's fine. Like express it in your own way, or especially there's plenty of people with you know as big of a following, or maybe even bigger, that can express these kind of views. There will be a range of opinions everywhere. Why? But what I don't understand is the the fascist approach of saying, "Hey, I don't like that. Therefore, you cannot be on this platform, full stop, because I don't like it." Like yeah, it, it seems like a massive overreach. It's a bit far fetched. Like it's very mm. far fetched. I mean, if you wanted to debunk him, how about you make a you know I mean make a YouTube video that debunks his stuff? I'm sure it will gain traction if you're you know a singer and you you can put it out and do you know what I mean like. It's not, it's not hard to basically debunk people. And it's it just really frustrating when people don't want to take logical action and instead react with emotion to just like basically delete people off the face of, you know what I mean, the conversation. And Joe Rogan is not the worst at this, by the way. Like for me, he's not even... Like there are so many, <laughs> there's you so many like, more worse people than Joe Rogan. Yeah, what I can say about Joe Rogan is... Again, I'm not his biggest fan. I don't dislike the guy in any way, but I'm not necessarily a big fan of his. Yeah, either. yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. What I will say about him is, of the few episodes where I have watched, I feel like he does come from a genuine place, and I don't feel like he's got any malicious intent. He brings people on and he asks them questions. If he thinks what they're saying is stupid, he will press them and say, "Well, actually, I don't agree with that." He says many times that he's not an expert on the situation, hence why he brings people on. I mean. I don't really see what he's done wrong there, if I'm being entirely honest with you, because we've had people on our podcast. We just talked about the episode on Belt and Road Initiative. I'm sure mm. if we didn't call in Professor Kobayashi and called in someone else, they might have had a different opinion on it. For sure. Now, who, who are we to say who is right and who is wrong? We're not experts on the situation. We're bringing in people who have the credentials for it. They tell us about it. We question some of the stuff that they say. They give us their answers and they, off they go on their way. If you're really interested in a topic... You should go and research it yourself, of course. Like, you listen to this as a kind of entertainment, you know, thing that you can also learn from. But, you know, it's not like anyone should be taking what Joe Rogan says as gospel. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, he's just said, it is, yeah. it is kind of like ideological fascism to sit there and say, like, no, you can't discuss this topic. You can't discuss, oh, take this guy off the airways just because you don't like what something that he's guessing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't make sense to me. And what do you think about cancelling people? Like, where is the limit? Because I, I do believe that, you know, no, people no change. There's no cancelling people, by the way. I'm just going to put that out there. No, no, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you mean. Like, you can't there actually isn't. cancel people, but... You can't in terms cancel of... people. Let me, mm. no, let me tell you what I mean. Go on, go on, go for it. They'll be like, oh, they cancelled this guy, they cancelled that guy. If the guy committed a crime and now he's been punished for it, he didn't get cancelled. The course of law has taken place. Harvey mm. Weinstein didn't get cancelled. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like these men didn't get they committed crimes. Now, mm. if you're to, and if you're talking about people who've been like, other than other than those guys, who has really been cancelled? Because most of the time, people come out and they say, "Oh, cancel culture is trying to get me," and they make a whole show out of that, mm. and then that becomes their new avenue. So, if anything, it actually helps them in the long term because they make money off of the fact that oh, they tried to cancel me. I've never mm -hmm. actually seen someone famous get properly cancelled. Mm -mm. Well, if we if we stick to the Joe Rogan topic, let's say, like there's been numerous numerous um, points attempts, where yeah. attempts where people, especially women, he's Spotify, just gone bigger, bro. That's the thing. Before yeah, that's true. That's the true. Spotify deal, people were mm. saying stuff about Joe Rogan back then as well. 
All that's that true, happens is you push him more into the main. Like right now, we're talking about Joe Rogan on this podcast. Yeah, you and yeah, I don't true, really listen to Joe Rogan. Why would we talk to mm. him if they didn't make a big deal out of this? All right, forget about the point of them growing afterwards. The sentiment, the sentiment of the sentiment, the sentiment. What do you think nasty. of the sentiment? Mm. It's very nasty because it doesn't allow any personal growth. I lie. That's what exactly what I'm trying. The to The one get to. that I hate is when somebody says something and then that gets brought up ten years down the line. Yeah, if, exactly. If when they said it at the time you didn't say anything about it, don't bring it up ten years down the line. Mm. You should have said something back then, because the thing you know is what? now ten years have passed. Maybe back then that was normal. I don't know. Of course, bro. Yeah. You know what? You I question them. On, look, you question them on that and you see how they respond. Do you know what I mean? You say, hey, look, I think it's okay to say, look, you said this 10 years ago. You know, what is your response? If they say like, oh, this was me 10 years ago. I changed my views. It's not how I think anymore. Act. I think that's absolutely fine. Of course, if they keep up with the same madness, then you can say, this okay, exactly this guy's a cunt. I mean. Yeah. Like, for example, Boris Johnson said some wild shit 15 years ago. I don't mm. hate him because he said some wild shit 15 years ago. I hate him for everything he's done every Today, single yeah. day since. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because his actions show who he is, right? So, if, mm. like, for example, I think it was Stormzy. He, might, he must have tweeted something crazy a while back, a couple mm. of years ago. When he was like 17, 18, I think. Mm. He's a fully grown adult man now, and his actions have shown that he's a very mature person, and he's like, you know, he's a good guy, basically. Exactly, yeah. But if you if you just go off of what he said like ten years ago, and judging by te- like today's standards ten years ago, it's nuts. Mm-hmm, and it's exactly. the same thing kind of goes for the, a lot of historical figures as well. Mm. Now the thing is, what they were doing, like for example, with Churchill, right? I don't like Churchill, and uh, I, this isn't me cancelling jo- uh, Churchill. Churchill's created concentration camps. Mm. That was bad then, and it's bad today. Okay, mm-hmm. but if if Churchill had fifty years ago been like said something that was like I don't know homophobic, and that was his biggest crime, I would say, look, it was bad then, but at the end of the day, that is kind of more within the realm of what might have been acceptable in that day's society. Creating mm. a concentration camp, I don't think was ever acceptable within any part of society, but it was something that he done. I get what you mean. Yeah. So, like, do you see what like I'm saying? You, look, you look, can judge uh, people on the past, sure, but it's like, has he committed mass murder? No, no, yeah, exactly. No, if, if he's just said something that was kind of offensive 10 years ago, he could have changed 10 years down the line. He, he, didn't, he didn't commit mass murder, do you know what I mean? You no, have to look of, at his actions yeah. in between. Let, let's say life is like a career, right? You can look at the entire career and say, look, you know, on the whole of it, he was a horrible person, let's say, right? I, I think you can make that distinction. But I also think it's important to distinguish like the good stuff people do and the bad stuff because every human being is just a, a mix of, do you know what I mean, emotions, a mix of actions. For, but you can, at the end of the day, discern that this person was useless. Do you know what I mean? Like no one's going to look at Hitler and be like, oh, you know what? He drew some nice stuff, so he was a good guy. You say, okay, he was into art or whatever, but on the whole of it, he was the most horrible person exactly. that existed in that era. Now, I think this is how you should interpret it. But while people are alive and changing and evolving and their story is not over, do you know what I mean? Give him some some breathing space, bruv. If he said something when he was 17 and then 20 years later, you bring up on... Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's like Kevin Hart losing... It was his dream to be the um, mm. uh, presenter of the Oscars. Mm. He made a joke about 15 years ago. No, maybe less, maybe 10 years ago. Where he said that as a straight man, he wants his son to be straight as well. And mm. if his son does anything that he think, deems as being gay, he'll be like, hey, stop that. It was, that was basically the kind of concept mm-hmm. of the joke. This was like 10 years ago. Every year, I see a, another shitstorm of tweets asking him to apologize for that. And every year, he apologizes for it. And then 10 years pass by, and bear in mind, he's been apologizing for this joke for 10 years now. Mm. They say he's going to be an Oscar presenter. They bring up that tweet, that joke again. And this time mm-hmm. he loses the job. Do I think that's fair? No. Mm, absolutely How can not. anyone mm. look at that situation and say that's fair? Exactly. The guy has literally, like, he's shown time and time again that he's sorry for doing that. And he hasn't done any kind of joke of a similar vein since. And his actions show that he's not, you know, he's, he's not that guy anymore. He's obviously changed with time. That's all like, you know, that's what being a person is. You change with time, right? You, mm. you try to, everyone's 
I think everyone's main ambition in life should be to show some growth. Yeah, do better. Yeah, do better. And I feel like, you know, how many times can he apologize for it? His actions show that he's not that type of person anymore. Exactly. What else can the guy do? At what point will you be appeased? And so in that sense, I just think there is no appeasing these people. Of course not, bruv. So, so, exactly. So if you are, let's say, a Joe Rogan, mm. at what point do you turn around and just go, oh, fuck off, I don't care? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. just fuck off. like Because you're not allowing the person any retribution or redemption or whatever. You're just mm. saying, no, that's it, full stop. You're done. You're finished. Well, the guy still has to live. The guy still has to provide. The guy still has to, you know, go about his life. Can't just cease to exist just because you don't like him. And live with himself. Do you know what I mean? Like he knows yeah, exactly. what he's done it's or like, said, and he just regrets it. But he's just, he's just changed. Yeah, like, you don't do it again. How many times am I going to see, for example, Marcus Rashford apologize for something? This guy is apologizing mm. every day, in and out. Because once, Crazy. once you apologize once, people expect you to apologize again, every time, and again, yeah. and again. It's like, brother, you don't need to apologize every time you have a bad match. It happens. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like a slippery slope. Once you start like appeasing those people who always want an apology for everything, next thing you know, you're just waking up and ap- apologizing for nothing. But what baffles me, Aaron, is that they don't do any self-reflection. Like, yeah, do you yeah. not look at yourself and say, you know what? Like, if I use the same standard on myself, I'd be buried. Because I'll be honest, I'd be buried. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm not, I wasn't the same guy I was when I was a teenager. To- no, no, Steve, Steve, the people who are saying this, they're perfect. They're perfect, of course. They're Angels. perfect. They've never in their lives once offended anyone. Mm. Oh, this is life, man. The things change. What what was acceptable when we were young, which is not that long. We're still young, really. Yeah, yeah. But our teens, which was only a decade ago, what was considered okay to say and do back then, definitely wouldn't run today. Hundred percent, bro. I'll be honest, yeah. Hella homophobia back in the day. You know, when we were growing up, like as kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just standard. It was just used standard. To get thrown around, like it was. Yeah, it was yeah. Insane. Like people would be like, oh. Why are you being gay, for example? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think those people back then were thinking about it in terms of, um, you know, actual homosexuals. You know, why are you being gay? Like, it was just a thing that they would say. Today, you couldn't really say nothing like that. Obviously, that wasn't the intention back then even. But it was mm. just part of regular uh, conversation of how people talked. But Today, you can... that isn't part of regular conversation. Exactly. You acknowledge it's wrong. You don't do it again. Do you know I mean? This is what I'm saying. Like back then, people used to talk like that. Like everyone on the street in schools, oh, don't be mm. gay, man. Like that used to be a thing yeah, that yeah. people would say, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that they have something against, you know, gay people today. That was just 10 years ago. That's how people talk. But like you, you can say that was wrong. Like you can look back and say, no, no it was what? wrong. Was it was wrong. absolutely yeah, wrong. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that like time has changed, people have changed. You know, at what point do you turn around and say, okay, you know what, fuck it. Like, that, that was in the past. People don't think Aaron, that way act that way now. Even yeah. today, let's say today, yeah, there's a kid that's still using that, right? He's saying, oh, yeah, that's gay, that's gay. Even today where it's not okay. And let's say 15 years later, you know, someone brings it up. If he says, you know what, I was messed up, but I, I, I don't use that anymore and I've changed. Bro, it's calm. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is my opinion. Like, it's like, okay, good. You've acknowledged your mistake. You moved on. Yeah, Even if it, as in as that as time it was wrong. actions match that as well. Exactly. As long exactly, that's what I mean. As long as it's track record, anyone can say, "Oh, good. you caught me. Mm. You got me. I said it ten years ago. I'm sorry. That's mm. not okay. Yeah, that might not be good enough. If the person also had a few hate crimes on their record from last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if if over the course of ten years, this guy's never done anything to no one to harm them, and you can see clearly that he regrets what he said ten years ago when he was a kid. I don't see the point in long. That's it. Out. Move out. Like, like, yeah, just move on, bro. He grew. He became a better person. And there's no need to harbor any bad feeling. And th- I think this is a, you know, a quite a big ill in our society that we have today. It's like there's a lot of judgment, but yeah, it's in, like the in very footprint. Sh- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's your digital footprint. You know, and they say like when you put something online, it all stays there forever. Mm. Yes, it does stay there forever, but you don't need to judge that person forever. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Like I mean, uh, I'm not really like I don't even like the term canceling people. Like, what does that even mean? Mm. It's made like, up in it. It's not if real. Somebody chats shit, and I don't like what they're talking about. I just won't listen to them. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's someone in the media, because that's what gives these people, like you know, their their clout, status yeah. in life. Their clout is that you listen to them and you talk about them. If you just don't mm. talk about them and you ignore them. They'll fuck off. You don't yeah, have to worry yeah. about him ever again. And if they've mm. done something really mad, press charges. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, like I said, Harvey Weinstein, he's in jail because he was breaking the law. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So if it's something that mad that they can they can literally go to jail for, send them to jail. Mm-hmm. That's that's how that's how the legal system should be working anyway, no? Mm-hmm. But it, it's something that's like very minute, which is like they said something crazy when they were a child. As long as they haven't said it continuously or they haven't said it as an adult and they've shown some mm-hmm. form of growth, what more is there to discuss? Now, obviously, there's some heinous stuff like uh, what's that royal guy that was yeah, Prince on... Andrew, but he again, he yeah, should yeah, be yeah. going to prison. Yeah, this gun should be in, in jail, bro. This, but this is what I'm saying. Like, th- that isn't cancelling someone to say someone who's broken mm. the law should go to prison. That's literally asking for the judicial system to work. Yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. That's not cancelling. That's literally asking the courts to do their job. Mm-hmm. OJ should go to prison because he killed his wife. Well, mm. yeah, he should. You know what I mean? That's not, you're yeah. not cancelling OJ. He, he committed the crime. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't really understand... You know, I don't really understand when you say uh, this isn't about Joe Rogan, by the way. I want to make that very clear. This yeah, is yeah, generally yeah. speaking about like you know cancel culture, I guess. I'm not really for it to be entirely honest. With you. I understand where it started from, and I understand that the people who were first like kind of pushing this sort of thing were doing it from a genuine place. But I feel like it's kind of gone out of control now. Mm. Where it's like random so, people yeah. on the internet that you don't know will be expecting an apology from you for something you said when you were 16. Personally, I feel like if I was in any of these famous people's position. But I wouldn't I care. I'll tell to fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you want me to apologize for? I was I was 16. I'm now 36. I've got three kids, a wife. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've changed my life completely. I said something mm. crazy when I was 16 years old. You, a random person I've never met a day in my life from the other side of the earth is asking me to apologize for, for it. Like, are you insane? Mm-hmm. I want you to fuck off. Like, there's, I, I don't really understand why people feel so entitled to an apology. And I think it's, it's the whole, because the world's on record now, do you know what I mean? Like we're constantly recorded on what we're saying and it, you can pull it up at any point in any time in their life. And in a sense, it's created a, a higher standard for people, which is all imag- imaginary in my opinion. But, you know, they, they, they feel like that they can do that because everything is recorded. So I think this was an interesting conversation. Obviously, we touched a lot of topics, you know, talking first time with the Russia, Ukraine, and moving on to social media and, you know, the mindset of people. But um, I think we can end it there. So thank you very much for everyone listening in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode for this week. And we'll see you on the bonus or in the next episode. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.